We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Good to be back with you. Tuesday morning, the 13th of September, 2022. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast, 1300 01 1170, our phone number. Or you can text 0457 736 736. Big show this morning, a lot coming out of all four games last weekend in Rugby League as we look ahead to the two finals coming up this weekend. We'll bring you all the latest news from all of that. The English Premier League is going to resume. We'll chat to John Gallo about that in about half an hour. Chris Perkins will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll wrap up the US Open and the start of the NFL season. Of course, NFL coverage each and every Monday here on SDN, which is why I wasn't here yesterday. But we'll have a big chat with Chris in about 15 minutes as well. But most importantly, as per usual, your calls, your texts, 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. One and a half past five. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Before we get to the news of the day, it's my first chance to say, what an awesome weekend, for the most part, the first week of the NRL finals were. I thought it was, as we went into... The finals, and Vossi has been saying this, was saying this all last week. I think a lot of rugby league fans were saying it, that on paper, this is one of, if not the best week, first weekend of the finals we've seen, uh, at least we've seen on paper. And I think it lived up to the billing. I really think it did. I think all four games, they're all very different, but I thought all four games were very, very entertaining, some controversial to watch. And now... We're only, what, 72 hours away from, I reckon, two another amazing games. The way they shape up on paper with Parramatta, Canberra, and Cronulla and South Sydney. So well done to all eight teams that competed in the finals, the first week of the finals. First chance for me to ask, who was most impressive? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And look, Penrith were very good on Friday night. But I would say, in defence of Parramatta, it was just 7-6 at half time. They lose Mitchell Moses in that second half and then Penrith start to run away with it. Look, I think Penrith is still the team to beat in the competition. But look, I, I do think Parramatta, we're in that game for a large portion of it. Um, I did say to someone else the other day, though, I think Parramatta's attack was a little predictable in that game. So is Penrith your most impressive team out of the weekend of rugby league? Uh, the Raiders, they're on a roll. Um, again, beating Melbourne and Melbourne. And it is very hard, not impossible as we saw on Sunday, but it's very hard to stop momentum in this year's competition, in any sporting competition. And the Raiders had all of it going into that game against Melbourne. And Melbourne really had none, had lost to the Roosters and the Eels in the two weeks leading up to the finals. Both of them, in particular the Roosters game, a very physical game. So the Raiders through to another week. Can they do some damage in this year's competition? Melbourne, disappointing, but you just felt like this year they were looking tired and they were start to limp over the line. But I know Charlie Goodsir, who'll join me on Friday morning to preview the two NRL games, 
said last week that he believes Canberra will be in a preliminary final. Well, they've got Parramatta this week, so they're a chance. Well, Canberra the most impressive team. The Sharks-Cowboys game I thought was a very interesting one. Very interesting. Um, I thought the defence of both teams... Oh, look, I loved the game, but I thought the defence of both teams slightly concerning. Probably more so of the Sharks, particularly that try that Todd, Tom Dearden scored right down the middle. But look, at the end of the day, a really entertaining game, and no one really deserved to lose. 30 all go, uh, going into extra time, the 10 minutes of extra time, and then into Golden Point, and a Valholmes field goal from what, almost 45 metres out. And the Cowboys now hosting a preliminary final next weekend. The Sharks, they have to play Souths. And look, after that game, I said to a lot of people um, who I caught up with on Sunday that I thought whoever was the loser of that Cowboys-Sharks game ended up being the Sharks, that I thought they would have a hard time to turn around and play again on Saturday. But I think the game on Sunday really evened the score out a bit. That was a very, very physical game between South Sydney and the Roosters. And South Sydney turned the tables on the Roosters, as a lot of people thought they might after the Roosters beat them in the final round of the competition. It was a, it was another interesting game. Um, mixed opinions, I think, from a lot of people. South Sydney, definitely the better team. The Roosters, very unlucky with the injuries they picked up. They finished with a back line of Joseph Sawale, Sawale, Connor Watson, Drew Hutchinson, Paul Momorowski. Um, you never, and Kevin Naguama, and it's it's always hard when you've got basically your full first-strength back line, minus Joey Manu already, um, to go on to win the game. But look, South Sydney, very good. The thought Latrell Mitchell was very good. Um, and I, look, I think Souths, we know when Latrell and Cody are on a roll, they can do anything. So who was your most impressive team over the weekend? My first chance to ask you, 0457 736 736 or 1300 And can you see this weekend, and we'll talk more about it later in the week, but can you see this weekend the Sharks and the Eels, two of the four of the top four teams, bowing out in the second week of the finals? I think it's very possible. I also think it's very possible both of them could win. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Your most impressive performance of over the weekend uh, at six and a half past five. Now, some of the news coming out of it. Uh, we'll start with this one, and I'll be interested to get your take on this as well. So, uh, NRL judiciary, we know a lot came out of that Rabbitohs Roosters game on Sunday, but it could allow Sydney Roosters enforcer Jared Rear Hargrave to serve his three game uh, head slam suspension without missing a club game. Now, we know what happened last week in very different circumstances with Taylor May, uh, although he's now sitting out a week. Um, but the New Zealand Rugby League now wants to use a Rugby League World Cup warm-up game against Leeds and tournament matches against Lebanon and Jamaica as his three-week penalty. Now, the NRL Match Review Committee on Monday hit Maria Hargraves uh, with a grade two contrary conduct charge for an alleged head slam on South Sydney's Tom Burgess. He is facing a three-game suspension with an early guilty plea or four weeks if he contests a charge and is found guilty at the judiciary, given it is his third offence this season. Now, even if the NRL rejects the Leeds game as an official match, he can serve the third of his suspension against another uh, against uh, another smaller team in Ireland. The veteran front rower would then be freed up to play a likely quarterfinal against Fiji and then Australia in the semi-finals. 
New Zealand Chief Executive Greg Peters has asked the NRL for a ruling on the trial game. He said it's the coach's decision, but you could say Jared will still be in our squad despite the suspension. We've got this game against Leeds before the World Cup. It's been in our calendar all along. It should count as one game. It's not a made-up game. We're seeking clarification from the NRL now. So on all of this, so Jared gets charged and looks like he will get suspended. But looking likely that he will not miss a game for the Roosters next year. Now, from a Roosters point of view, that's very good. They'll be happy with that. I, you know, I'm sure they'll have no issues with it at all. But do you think this should count? That they should be using World Cup games, which is not uh, – it is rugby league, obviously, but it's not an NRL event. He's not going to be serving time for an NRL match, it seems. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Do we think that he should be free to play in all these World Cup games and then, presuming he gets found guilty, suspend him for the first three or four weeks of the rugby league season? Now, you would be able to probably take trial matches into account of that, so it'd probably be only a couple of matches. Or do you think this is fair enough? Do you think that he should be able to use, and New Zealand should be able to use, these games that count. Look, at the end of the day, if New Zealand is happy enough to do it, then I suppose, and maybe that, maybe that is the rules. Maybe you have to. It probably is the rules. It does count in the World Cup. I just think it's a little bit of a grey area, considering we've still got three more weekends as well of the NRL to come. And we've still got Super League going over on over in England as well. Is that these players who are going to be selected for the World Cup, if they are to pick up suspension whether it be minor or major. But look, a lot of these players that are going to be featuring the World Cup are going to be playing their last matches in the NRL over the next few weeks, depending when they bow out. And if they had to pick out one or two weeks suspension or longer, then they'll be sitting out the World Cup. The perfect example would have been if Nathan Cleary had done what he did against Parramatta last week or this week, instead of six or seven weeks ago, he'd be missing most of the World Cup instead of missing any NRL matches. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Should suspensions, like we're seeing here with Jared Rear Hargraves, count for the World Cup or should it be a separate event? Uh, personally, um, I, I sort of are leaning towards that I actually think it probably should be a separate event. Anyway, your thoughts, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Just on Jared Rear Hargraves as well, um, it, reports coming out of uh, the game yesterday, well, on Sunday, reports coming, up yesterday, coming out yesterday uh, that Hargraves had suffered a broken wrist early in the game against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, played on as we know. He required painkilling injections, injections at halftime and had the Roosters have won, he would have missed six weeks of football with the injury anyway. So if the Roosters had been in South, there would have been no Jared. And there was talk as well on social media, uh, as I saw this morning, Sam Walker was also playing with an injury. So I think the Roosters probably would have had a big, big a bit of an issue beating the Cronulla Sharks this weekend anyway. But yeah, your thoughts on that. Should Jared Rear Hargraves be serving his suspension in a World Cup or should NRL suspensions be purely for the NRL? one three hundred. 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Meanwhile, 
A day after the Roosters coach Trent Robertson insisted his team played the game in the right spirit, the NRL has conceded it has concerns about the growing trend of players staying down to milk penalties. Now, Robinson wouldn't be drawn on South Sydney's tactics in Sunday's spiteful showdown at Allianz Stadium, declining to comment on perceptions of gamemanship by the Rabbitohs during his NRL team's loss. Now, NRL head of football Graham Annesley wouldn't discuss specific incidents, but admitted there was cause for concern following a spate of incidents which led to the bunker intervening to award a penalty in the roosters Rabbitohs clash. Sandersley said yesterday, I think Sunday is not a good example of what we've seen throughout the course of the year. I am concerned about the issues of players waiting for the intervention of officials, but that's not isolated to yesterday. That's something we're constantly monitoring and reviewing, and we will review that again in the off-season. We just have to work hard to find ways of dealing with that so it's not an ongoing problem. But in some cases, when these players stay down, it's because they are injured. I'm not going to stand here and pretend it's not something we're monitoring and unprepared to deal with. It's a cooperative fix, and it's not something we can necessarily just address through mandating certain player reactions. I can't stand here and tell you today uh, I've got the magic solution to the problem, and you can't force players to get up when they're injured. It's a delicate balance and something which requires an approach across the game to solve it. So there you go. Uh, they're worried about players staying down, uh, and that I'm not surprised. Let's go to the open line, though. one 1170 or 457 James is on the line from Hornsby. Morning, James. Morning, morning. Yeah, it's morning, isn't it? Oh, great day. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's 13 plus 5. <laughs> yes. How are you going, mate? I'm all right for a Monday, so... It's uh, Tuesday. Oh, it's Wednesday Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Oh, well, you just improved my week then, haven't you? <laughs> yes, oh, exactly. Go on, mate. Um, with these players laying down, I think there's two ways you can either stop it. The first way is going to be a bit controversial. The bunker looks at it and the bunker says, nah, that's nothing. Award a penalty against the guy. But then mm. you get the, the position, is he actually injured or not? Mm. So the best way, I think, would be if the player stays down... Oh, I give him a penalty. He goes off for five minutes. Give him an interchange, but that player goes off. No, you've been injured, so you go off and have a rest for five minutes. Yeah. Take him off the field. Give him an interchange, and they're off the field. That will then I go, oh, no, I don't want that. Yeah, look, I, I agree, no. Jack. I, I, I... Yeah, sorry, I think we have to do something about it. I think that game on Sunday, James, we saw so many players, um, mainly from one side, but we see it in every game or a lot of games where players do stay down to try and get the penalty, and it is really a bad look. And I, funny you mentioned that, um, a couple of people I was with, I was at the game on Sunday, and a couple of people I was with said basically the same thing. If you're stayed down, now you may well be injured, and that's fair enough to stay down, but if you're staying down just to milk a penalty, then, yeah, you're... You're obviously, in inverted commas, hurt enough to go off the field. Yep. Send them off like that one, the plastic one, was Mitchell. He got one. Okay, a little high. It was a nothing. It was like a mm. glance, you know. And he stayed there, and then he just put the ball on the ground and go, well, come on, where's my penalty? Now, the ref, in all the honesty, should have done is gone, bang, you dropped the ball. Bang, penalty roosters. And that was, you know, here he was saying, well, I want my penalty. And he do that, and the ref starts, I mean, it gets back to the point, everyone has to go at the ref if they make a mistake. But they say, oh, the ref should be like this, the refs are doing this and that. I mean, you actually got to say, right, 
okay, he's going to make a mistake. We live with it and move on. But if they start clamping down on them, it will eventually go. And that's what you've got to say, right, Rats? You think he's milking it? Because at times you see them mm. when they're in the tackle and the player's trying to get up and he's like a bloody fish out of water flopping around. And you hear the ref go, you're milking it, you're milking it. Mm. No, so, you know. Yeah, you're right, James. I agree with you. I think it's something that. If they don't even if they don't do in the next few weeks over the final series, and I think they'll be hesitant to change much over the next few weeks, but it's something I think they should be looking at next year because I think we definitely need to get it out of the game. Thanks, mate. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Yeah, you too, mate. Catch up. Thanks, mate. James, uh, there on the open line. You can join him, 1300 01 1170, or you can send some texts in 0457 736 736. Uh, lots of other stuff going around. Cam Munster in the news. We'll get to that shortly as well. But do you have any thoughts on what James was saying? Is there a way to get the milking of penalties? And look, not all teams, but most teams do do this. So it's not just a South Sydney issue from Sunday. Every team, well, not every team, but most teams do it. Um, I don't mind the idea that James floated about if you're injured or you're down, whether you are injured or not, or just looking for a penalty, you do have to go off the field for five minutes. Uh, you'd obviously have to do something with the interchange then, but, but then I suppose uh, if you're injured, that's that's part of the game as well. I don't mind it. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And just on Jared Rear Hargraves as well. So he's going to be allowed, it looks like, to serve his three-game, three or four-game ban for the New Zealand team at the World Cup. But should NRL suspensions count for international games, in particular the World Cup, or should he have to serve that for the Roosters next year? one 1170 or 0457 736 736. Back with more of your text calls after this. Plus, we'll have a chat with Chris Perkins in America. It's 18 past five. 22 past five, Daniel Pedro with you on this Tuesday morning, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 asking you uh, about uh, Jeremy Hargrove suspension. Should it be served in the World Cup? Should it be served uh, just for NRL matches? A couple of texts there. We'll get to them shortly. And we had a call just before the break in terms of, uh, from James in terms of players trying to milk penalties and laying down. He said, basically, if they stay down, they have to go off the field for about five minutes. Do you agree with that? Uh, I don't. I, you, there needs to be a way to get it out of the game. So maybe that's what they have to do. Uh, we'll find out. No four five seven seven three six seven three six. Find out what you think. Or one three hundred no one eleven seventy. To your text shortly. In the meantime, let's go to America. We do it for Kenart's hire. Head into Kenart's hire for their two for one offer. Chris Perkins on the line. Another big weekend in sport in America. But Chris, uh, you spent your weekend playing a video game. Is that right? I didn't spend the whole weekend <laughs> playing it. I did spend a fair amount of it watching various uh, sporting codes, be it tennis, be it American football, be it AFL. But, but yeah, I got the new NBA 2K23 game, and, and I sent you a screen mm. grab of uh, somebody who got a cameo in it. How about Josh Giddy? Yeah, very in impressive. His, in an Oklahoma City Thunder T-shirt, he is actually in the game with a speaking part. Well, there you go. And I like how much research you devoted to this over the weekend as well, which uh, which is what the, what the listeners appreciate, Chris. Hey, it was completely by accident. It was just kind of part of the the my career storyline. Uh one of the one of the players you meet early on and I'm just at the beginning is Josh Giddy. 
So I, I thought it was pretty cool. Worth a mention, at least. Let's see what other players you meet along the way on your journey. Uh, so the NFL uh, started uh, over the weekend. A lot of games yesterday. We'll talk about that in just a second. But just before that, uh, the US Open, the men's final yesterday, Carlos Alcaraz winning in fourth set, 6-4, in a tiebreaker and 6-3. Um, really interesting this one, uh, because he's now world number one, uh, and his uh, opponent, Casper Ruud, is now world number two. Who would have thought that coming into uh, this tournament? Um, and I think, and I mentioned this uh, on Friday morning, obviously Friday was a bit of a different show with all the news d- uh, developing around the world, but I mentioned on Friday morning that the day before, Thursday, I'd watched, out, watched and I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a lot of the Alcaraz Cinematch uh, on and off on Thursday, and if that is the standard of tennis we're going to get from those two guys, and I'm sure there's going to be others around them as well over the next 10 or 15 years, I know we're going to lose the big three at some stage, but we're in a really, really good position with the youngsters coming through. Yeah, the youngsters coming through. You mentioned Alcaraz, Center. I'll throw in uh, in TFO as well. Mm. I'll throw in Kyrgios as well. We've got some fun tennis coming. We've always wondered what comes next. After the big three, now we're going to still have uh, Daniil Medvedev there. You know, we're going to have, we're we're still going to have, kind of that that sort of post big three peak. You know, Medvedev kind of came in later, but this next generation, yeah, it looks so exciting. And you know, with with Kyrgios, the entertainment value of Kyrgios plus the pure good tennis, Carlos Alcaraz. I you want to talk about um, you want to talk about stamina, man, and the. The, the wonder of youth, 19 years old, he played three straight five-setters just to get to the final. Mm. In his seven matches at the U.S. Open the last two weeks, he was on court for a total of, get this number, 23 hours and 40 minutes. Mm. Nearly one entire full day was, was spent playing tennis mm. uh, over the last two weeks. Just incredible that... The, the stamina it takes. And, you know, every guy my age, you know, I'm at 45 years old. I'm looking at that going, that would kill me. Well, it, it would kill me. It would kill a lot of people. Look, <laughs> and even just that match, you get – well, yeah, just incredible. Just incredible. So he becomes now world number one. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him sort of over the past six months to a year, and I think definitely in this year's US Open we've seen uh, what he could do. And the women's side of the draw uh, a couple of days ago, Iga Schwatek uh, won uh, world number one seed. Not a huge surprise, um, and that was probably – uh, the feeling over there in America as well with her victory. Yeah, and and she's proving to be the number one player in the world on the women's side. Certainly post Ash Barty, mm. uh, you, you think Ash Barty being in this tournament, those two going at it, you know, also at yeah, Wimbledon, I know. those two going head to head, that could that's a that's a rivalry we're gonna kind of miss out on, unfortunately. Uh, but back to Alcaraz, you mentioned him becoming world number one. Mm. Uh, he's the youngest world number one in the history of the computer rankings. Okay. Yes. Beat out Leighton Hewitt, yeah. who set the record in 2001 mm. at the age of 20 years, 268 days. Alcaraz becomes the first teenager mm. to be world number one on the men's side. 19 years, 130 days old. So beats out Leighton Hewitt by a full year plus. Yeah, uh, I saw that this morning, actually. Yeah, that is, that is really, really impressive by Alcaraz. Very, 
Impressive. Now, you would have been very excited. The NFL season underway. You hear it every Monday morning here on SCN. Uh, let's just run through a couple of the hot topics from the weekend. Firstly, the Cowboys season, it's on red alert. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, the Cowboys, uh, they, they're trying, they're, they were trying to improve their team by doing nothing during the offseason. <laughs> they, you know, Amari Cooper left. They, they've lost a couple of wide receivers. Uh, lost a couple of offensive linemen to either injury or free agency, and they really didn't replace him. They looked awful last night, and that was before the biggest disaster that could have befallen the Dallas Cowboys actually happened, and that's Dak Prescott now needing surgery for a broken thumb that's going to put him out six to eight weeks. The Cowboys season may be over one game into it. They lost to Tampa last night, 19 to three Mm. in a game that I kind of had Tampa on red alert because of off field stuff involving Tom Brady. I mean, the the tabloids have been going nuts the last couple of weeks about him and Giselle maybe headed to Splitsville, but you know, Brady, he didn't look terrific. The offense kind of sputtered a little bit, but they got the job done. They wound up winning 19 to three over the Cowboys on Sunday night football last night. So, uh, but yeah, for the Cowboys, Cowboy fans, I'm sorry, your season, it may be over right now. Yeah, it's sorry. A, it's pretty bad when your season's oh, already over after one game. We'll see what happens there. Uh, what happened uh, in this uh, game between the 49ers, uh, 49ers and the Bears? Sounds like an ugly game. Uh, well, uh, I couldn't tell if it was being played on the on the turf at Soldier Field or if it was actually being played in Lake Michigan. Mm, mm, yes, it, it, it was that tough to tell. Yep. Soldier Field was a mess yesterday. They mm. got so much rain overnight mm. Saturday and into Sunday. They were trying to squeegee the field. They had to restripe it. Uh, it. It just was a. It was so bad. Fox had to go to the virtual yard lines and hash marks so you could tell where the football was on the field it it was nuts the scoring was the scoring was uh virtually non-existent chicago wound up coming back and winning 19 to 10 justin fields had a pretty good day uh considering the weather conditions one person who really didn't have a good day trey lance uh the the uh newly installed quarterback for the 49ers uh, just just brutal. They didn't take advantage of the opportunity they had against a pretty bad football team. Uh, and San Francisco is supposed to be challenging the Rams in the NFC West after one game. And you can kind of write this one off because of the weather conditions, but it, it does kind of send alarm bells clanging. Uh, when you play that bad against a bad team. Yeah, the Chiefs, though, uh, they're in very good form. 44-21 to 21 yesterday over the Cardinals. Yeah, and uh, probably the big story, other than the fact that uh, the the Chiefs were – Patrick Mahomes, they, they talked about the, in the offseason with Tyreek Hill going to Miami, how they were going to need to spread out the offense, okay, spread out the, the touches to, to, to their receivers and their running backs. Well, how about receptions by nine different receivers, touchdown catches by four different receivers. Uh, Mahomes threw five touchdown passes in, in the game uh, as the uh, Chiefs blow out the Cardinals 44-21. Uh, another kind of fun story, 
not fun for Harrison Butker, their their place kicker. He got hurt on a kickoff. He turned his ankle and, and had to come out of the game. Their backup kicker was their safety. And on a kickoff uh, early in the game, after it was 14 nothing, uh, their their safety kicked the kicked the ball off. And you figure, okay, backup kicker, he's really actually a safety. Uh, he's not going to do all that much. This, this was a chance for the Cardinals to maybe get some good field position. Nah, he just boomed it right through the back of the end zone for a touchback, like every other actual kicker does. Kind of impressive for a guy who doesn't kick on a regular basis. Yeah, very impressive. Chris, you must be very, very excited. The football's back on. It's been a long time uh, since I remember speaking to you earlier on in the year. What was February when I was doing the overnight crowd? Might be even earlier than that. And it was coming to an end, but it's all back on, ready to go. And we may even catch up later on in the week to get a preview of uh, the next weekend. So we'll chat then, mate. Sound, sounds good. Uh, always enjoy talking talking any sport. And yeah, our long seven month national nightmare is over. We have football back. By the way, Monday night football tonight. Yep. Seattle hosting Denver. Russell Wilson gets to cook. Hopefully, because I need a Monday night miracle for fantasy mm-hmm. in his old stomping grounds tonight. Good Don't luck. Miss that one. Good luck, Chris. And keep doing that research and that video game as well. It's highly appreciated. Will do. Thank you, Chris Perkins in the USA. Always great with his time. Just knows everything about American sport. You won't know anyone that knows any more about American sport. We'll catch up with him again in the next few days. We do that for Ken Arts Hire. Head into Ken Arts Hire for their two-for-one offer. Just on the way to a break, this one from Junior Smithy on 0457-736-736. Morning, Dan. On the suspension issue, I think that if it's an NRL suspension, then the player has to miss NRL games, not rep games or trial games. That suspension starts from your next NRL game. That one from Junior Smithy. I actually tend to agree. I think, now we're talking about the reason for that text, if you're just uh, waking up and switching the radio on this morning, is that Jared Rear Hargraves looks like he's going to be suspended for three, maybe four, but more than likely three games for his uh, alleged head slam on Tom Burgess on that game in Sun- in that game on Sunday afternoon against the Rabbitohs. Now, um, he's going to want to use that, uh, and New Zealand are going to want to use it, and probably the Roosters will have no issues with using it in the World Cup, uh, whether it be the game against Leeds before the World Cup and then uh, the first two games. But I still think that really these this the World Cup is not an NRL event. You got suspended in the NRL, charged in the NRL. Shouldn't you be serving your suspension in the NRL? I don't know. I think, uh, I, yeah, I, I think, and I think Junior Smithy's right. I, I think at the end of the day that the World Cup is a very, very different thing to an NRL match. But what do you think? 0457 736 736 or 1300 Who was your most impressive team over the weekend? The first chance I've been able to have a chat with you with the NFL on yesterday. And also, uh, what can we do to stop players lying down and milking penalties? 0457 736 736 or 1300 On the other side of this, we'll talk a bit of football. It's 25 to 6. Yeah, 21 to 6, 0457, or 1300-0111-70. We'll chat with John Gallo in just a second. Just this on the text from Gav on 0457-736-736 saying, uh, talking about Jared Hargraves this morning and how he's going to be allowed, it seems, to use his suspension in the Rugby League World Cup. Gav says, why can't Taylor May use the World Cup for his suspension? Now, Gav, I'm not entirely sure which suspension you're meaning in regards to Taylor May. Uh, if you're meaning the one 
in terms of what he did on Friday night against Parramatta. Uh, well, that is a bit different because obviously Penrith um, have at, well, at least one more game to come, potentially two, um, whereas the Roosters are now out of the competition. I still think, though, Jared probably really should be serving his suspension for the Roosters next year and allowed to play in the World Cup. If you're talking about the other suspension, I think, um, and I understand maybe it was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek comment there from Gav, but I think because that was at a penalty off the field, um, then he uh, would be allowed to, uh, not allowed to use that in the World Cup, even if he, if he even features in the World Cup. Um, but thank you, Gav. Uh, I hope I've clarified that. But yes, as I said, doing this open uh, opens a big can of worms, especially if something happens over the next couple of weeks to another big-name player. Uh, as I said, uh, Hargroves was charged in the NRL. He should probably be serving his suspension in the NRL, but I'm sure the Roosters are not complaining that he will be able to use it in the World Cup. Let's turn attention now to football. Jonathan Gallo on the line. Morning to you, John. Morning, Dan. Uh, how are you going? You well? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. Sorry, I should have asked you how you were going. That's that's my bad, but uh, I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm extremely well for a Tuesday morning, John. Now, usually on a Tuesday, we chat Premier League and the fixtures gone on the weekend beforehand. That didn't happen yeah. across, the, across the weekend. And it was interesting, just before I get to this statement, the Premier League has released overnight, our time. It was interesting hearing um, a bit of UK radio uh, yesterday um, and look, there are mixed views and people understood why the Premier League was postponed. But there were some people um, saying, and look, this is no disrespect uh, to the Queen or anything uh, like that. And we know the UK is an official 10 day mourning period. But there were some people, um, even people on the radio who I heard that aren't really big football fans who think it probably still should have gone ahead to some extent last weekend. Uh, I, I think they were in a very tough position. They had to make an announcement within basically 12 hours of it happening. Um, but do, do you think maybe they should have tried to get some of the Premier League going last weekend? Yeah, I do personally. I think hearing the words of former Liverpool player Peter Crouch talk about it, and he's actually the one that really sparked this debate off initially because... I think he was initially the first one that I recall hearing that actually spoke the minds of probably what a lot of football you know, fans were thinking around the world and certainly Premier League fans. And that was that, uh, you know, if, if there was no bigger way to honour the Queen, it was, you know, through singing the, the national anthem and having a minute's applause or minute's silence mm. uh, and, and players wearing black armbands, that was probably the best way of sending off the Queen in, in the best possible way. And that was the words of Peter Crouch. And I'm sure that was echoed by a few other football uh, pundits out there in, in the UK that uh, kind of said the same thing. It was probably a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to, you know, suspend the, the, the Premier League uh, so so quickly. Um, and obviously there was talk as well that someone from the Royal Spokesperson actually came out and mentioned a good point as well, that the Queen actually was a big, big favour of sport because um, obviously sport in the broader community sense represents, you know, diversity and, and inclusion and togetherness. And that's what the Queen and, and the Royal Family vouched for throughout uh, throughout England and throughout the UK particularly. And football has been a big cornerstone of that in uh, in, in the history of, of England. You know, you talk about Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher days and, and all that. So, you know, football is a big part of the, the social fabric of, of English football and, and the UK in general. So uh. to see it banned so quickly, postponed, is, is probably um, a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. A bit disappointing as well because... Uh. I think everybody was looking forward to the weekend that was coming and just to get their minds off 
what was a, a terrible time for for you know the UK in general. So um, unfortunately, yeah. that wasn't to happen. But uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we can get back bigger and better. Yeah, and what it does do, John, is it does, um, and obviously more important issues at play, but it does put pressure on the Premier League schedule. Considering, and by the way. Uh, listeners will be happy to hear the road to the World Cup will resume on Friday morning, which we've after about a month off, which we're very much looking forward to. But um, what it does do is it does put pressure on that schedule. Considering the World Cup, what are we now, the 13th of September? It's only, well, eight, nine weeks away now until that World Cup is on. You will hear that on SEN as well. So there is pressure on the schedule. But the good news is, John, that uh, the Premier League did put out a statement overnight and said this, the Premier League fixtures will resume this weekend after a pause to the season as a mark of respect following the passing of uh, the Queen. Seven of the ten Premier League fixtures this weekend will be played with three matches postponed mm. due to events surrounding the Queen's funeral. I'll get back to that in a second. In addition, kickoff times will change for, for two Premier League matches. So the matches are postponed will be Chelsea's match against Liverpool at Stamford Bridge and Manchester United's home uh, match against Leeds. Also, Brighton Hove Albion's fixture against Crystal Palace uh, that was due to be played at 3 o'clock on Saturday England time will also remain postponed. So seven out of the ten games, um, and that's going on with following extensive consultation with clubs, police, local uh, safety advisory groups and other relevant authorities, there was no other option but to postpone the three fixtures. Um, and the reasoning for that. Uh, is the Queen's funeral uh, is on Monday, and obviously that is going to be a huge event. So obviously a lot of the police are being diverted from these games to that, and that's perfectly understandable, but good that we at least have seven games getting back underway, which we will preview on Friday morning. Yeah, it's good to have the Premier League back, that's for sure, and you've you got to feel for those um, three games, those particular teams that will miss out because obviously their preparations now have to drag on a little bit more. Um, I suppose that the Chelsea and Liverpool game and that being postponed, mm. I think that will favour Graham Potter, the new Chelsea manager, because I think it will allow him to um, you know, get to know the players a little bit more and the players to get to know his way of playing as well. So that extends his preparation uh, all the more, which is probably favourable for him as well as Liverpool as well. Jurgen Klopp probably hasn't been in best form recently with Liverpool. Um, and, and so they're under a little bit of fire at the moment as well. So I suppose this extra time off, We'll do both those teams, you know, the world of good as well. So um, there's some positives to look at it, I suppose, but great to see that, you know, at least seven games will be back on and we can get back to, to resuming back to normal. Yeah, we will preview them on Friday morning when you join us. Just before I let you go, a text earlier on um, about... Ange Postacoglu. Now, we've seen some movement in the English Premier League over recent weeks with different managers uh, being sacked or leaving, or and that's only in, what, the first month of the season. Any chance at all, maybe not now, but can you see Ange at some stage the next 12 months, maybe to two years, in the English Premier League coaching uh, aside? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I think he's probably one of the best uh, managers coming off, you know, foreign managers in the UK at the moment. And... Um, yeah, he's been so impressive with, with what he's done at Celtic. And look, I know that it's a big step up from the Scottish Premier League to the English Premier League. I mean, you only got to ask Brendan Rodgers at the moment from Leicester. He's had a good couple of years early on with Leicester, but this year so far they've been struggling a lot. And, um, yeah, there's different golf of quality that you deal with. At Celtic, you're probably one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in Scotland, whereas if he were to join the Premier League, in all likelihood, he probably wouldn't be joining you know any of the top six clubs in the Premier League, he'd have to probably join a team that was struggling somewhere mm. near the bottom and that was looking for a manager to um, to turn things around. So he just needs to be careful about which team he does join because 
sometimes you join those teams that have no have no real incentive to give you money or, or be able to help you out in the transfer market. We saw that with Scott Parker and, and the Bournemouth situation. And we're seeing that unfold with Leicester and, and you know, Brendan Rodgers as well. So you just got to be careful about his next his next uh, move in, in his career because I think you know whilst it's tempting to go to the Premier League, you got to make sure that the owners and the board are going to be on on track and on par with what you want and the vision that you have as a as a football manager. So I just think Anne just needs to be a bit mindful of that because sometimes you can get yourself into the job and then suddenly find yourself out within six to twelve months and having no support from the board. So. Um, yeah, he's just got to be careful about his next move. But for sure, he's the Premier League manager. No doubt about it. All right. We'll see what eventuates there. Thank you, John. We will chat Friday morning. Uh, we'll continue our road to the World Cup. Uh, very, very uh, close now, only a couple of months. Um, and also look at this weekend's English Premier League fixtures. We'll chat then. Chat then, Dan. Talk soon. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Uh, John Gallo on the line. It is 11 minutes to 6 o'clock. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Keep those texts coming in as well. 0457 736 736 1300 01 1170. Yes, uh, good to have your company. If you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles and enter now at iCanWin.com.au. 1300 1170 or 0457 736 736. Breakfast not too far away. On the text, this this one from the Chook Man. Uh, hi, Dan. Breaking news. South's new sponsor is Milk. The Raiders not happy. Yes, thank you, Chook Man. Very good for early on in the morning. Uh, this one from Gav. Uh, we were talking with John just before the break about Ange Postacoglu. Uh, he says, Ange will be at Celtic for a long time. He has Champions League at Celtic, 100%. Why swap that for Burnley away on a cold Tuesday night? Well, yeah, good point. He may well want to stay there for a very long time. Has had a very, very uh, good run at Celtic so far, but you never know, fresh challenges. I don't think yet, but I think maybe down the line. You never know. But thank you for that, uh, Gav. And this one from Fabian, and I'll have to look into it. It's actually quite a good question, and I assume the answer is they would be able to, but he says, if a player gets suspended, and this is, by the way, on the back of Jared Rhea Hargraves, it's been our Makita power play this morning, the season Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. He says, if a player gets suspended at the Rugby League World Cup, can they serve the games in the NRL? Does it work in reverse? Well, I'll look into that for tomorrow for you, Fabian. I would presume that they would be uh, able to serve them in the NRL, considering we don't play a lot of international football, but I don't know. We'll, we'll look into that. It's a very, very good text. Thank you, Fabian. I will get back to you on that one. Uh, very good text to end the show. Um, through SENQ693 AM and SEN1620 AM on the Gold Coast, uh, Patton Hills coming up. Brent Tate to talk to the, uh, talk about the Cowboys and Simon Black on the Brisbane Lions. Through SEN1170 AM, Vossi and James Magnuson with you this morning. Looking forward to that. Lee Hatchman, tell us Michael Carianis on the show. I'll catch you tomorrow, 5 AM. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So... We doubled it. Chicken and Maccas together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. When making the double chicken deluxe at Maccas, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. 
chicken and maccas together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.